hour number two of the morning after on a football Friday right here on the grid. Sirius XM channel 204 all across the sports grid network. Hour number two of a football Friday is a full hour of a college football Friday setting up weekend number nine of the CFB slate. I have dubbed it the best weekend of the college football year because we have so many good conference collisions all across the country this up coming Saturday. Joining us to make some sense of it all and to find some profits and some edges out there as well is SportsGrid's college football analyst, Joe Lisi. You can hear him each and every day on Sirius XM starting at noon Eastern time, pro football full circle, into college football full circle. And Joe is the host of College Football Today each and every Saturday morning right here on the grid, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, setting you up for what is a profitable Saturday in the college football ranks. Joe Lisi, a pleasure to have you on the show for a college football Friday once again. Oh, a pleasure to be here, Ben. And I tell you what, I need to have my cup of coffee tomorrow morning with the 12 o'clock window, right? That rivalry game in East Lansing between Michigan and Michigan State's going to be a thriller, three and a half point spread right now. That'll carry us straight through the 10 o'clock action with that battle in Provo between BYU and Virginia. So chop it at the bit for week number nine. And you need your coffee and make sure it's strong and black for an over-under total of 36-and-a-half for another Big Ten battle between Wisconsin and Iowa in Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin during that noon Eastern hour as well. So, Joe, I think we could also look at some of the conference games that have some larger spreads this weekend with two of the top five teams in the country. First, another Big Ten game, a big Big Ten number, and what we expected to be Probably a closer game than what it looks like right now on the lines. Ohio State hosts Penn State tomorrow in Columbus, Ohio. The spread right now, 18 and a half in favor of the Buckeyes. That over-under total has also grown to 61 and a hook. 18 and a half, Joe Lisi, for the Buckeyes <laughs> and the Nittany Lions. Did you ever expect to see the number that high in favor of one side? At the start of the year, no. But obviously, when you're losing nine overtimes as a 23-and-a-half-point favor to Illinois and allow 330-plus rushing yards on the ground, yeah, I could see why that number is 18-and-a-half now. They've lost four straight Penn State have to Ohio State by an average margin of defeat of six and a half points per game. But you go back over the last four meetings, I mean, the biggest margin of victory has been last year where Ohio State got a 13-point road win in Beaver Stadium. That was basically right on the 13, 13 and a half point number. When you look at the matchup a couple of years ago, this number was 18 and a half as well. Penn State and Will Levis came off the bench. They did cover that number after a dominating first quarter. This is going to be about where is Penn State from a mental aspect? Losing in nine overtimes, mm. the college football playoff out the door, Big Ten title out the door. Do you have any pride? I think they do. I think they step up in a big way. I don't know if they win this ballgame, but I'm inclined and have already taken the 18 and a half in this ballgame. And I already jumped on Jahan Dotson over 74 and a half receiving yards. If he's going to be the main part of this offense, I think they can cover this number. 
Oh, I love that number on Jahan Dotson. Probably the best wide receiver in all the Big Ten Conference, and Ohio State has a few that would argue that claim in Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson as well. As we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to the second hour of the morning after on a football Friday, college football Friday in hour number two. I am Ben Stevens, joined by Joe Lisi for the second hour, and you are listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Mightier 1090, out on the West Coast. I mentioned, Joe, that Chris Olave, Garrett Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Travion Henderson in the backfield alongside quarterback C.J. Stroud might make an argument that they have the most offensive weapons at their disposal. And right now, that seems to be the case for the Buckeyes, the top scoring offense in all of the country, averaging 49.2 points per game. They have scored 57 combined on average in their last three games as well. They are facing a Penn State defense that is still very good, tied for the second best scoring defense in all of college football, just allowing over 14 points per game. So it will be interesting to try to find an edge with this one. Our good friend Kevin Walsh, K-Dubs, who hosts the early line, says he is honing in on a Buckeyes team total in the first half. It will be hard, in my opinion, to find that opportunity, depending on what the number might be. I still have belief in Brent Pry and that Penn State defense. But what exactly is the feeling in Happy Valley? Not only, like Joe mentioned, for the motivation around this game, given what's happened but on the field, but off the field, there's a lot of steam around James Franklin. And if he will be the head coach of Penn State at the end of this year, maybe jump and ship to USC, LSU, a lot circulating around this Penn State team right now and not really in a positive way. Another big spread, another team ranked in the top five, the Oklahoma Sooners, Joe, land 19 and a half against Texas Tech. Texas Tech fired their head coach, Matt Wells, earlier this week. You know my feelings on the Sooners. Just three and five against the spread this year. Can they cover 19 and a half points against the Red Raiders? They can, especially with Sonny Cumbie now as the head coach. When you look at the series, Ben, Oklahoma has won nine straight over the Red Raiders and have won the last four by an average margin of victory of 25 points per game. My gut tells me Texas Tech, but I can't follow my gut. I have to go with Caleb Williams, the more complete team. I would lay the wood with Oklahoma and Norman this this weekend. Oklahoma 3-5 and five against the spread. They've been a double-digit favorite in every game except that Red River rivalry against Texas. Both teams averaging 35 or more points when it comes to that scoring offense. Some college football playoff rankings. We predict those on the other side of the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A football Friday right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens. And for this second hour, joined for the entire second hour by Joe Lisi, which makes this second hour a college football Friday. And Joe, in just a couple of days, on Tuesday, in fact, to begin the month of November, we will have our first college football playoff rankings of the year let's all get really mad as it stands already but we will have our first cfp rankings and right now on the fanduel sportsbook 
maybe we predict and correlate the marketplaces because FanDuel in their most recent CFP make or miss playoff odds only has 12 teams available and only four of those teams are in minus money. So if we take the 12 best odds and we rank them in order of longest to the longest shots to make the CFP, maybe this is what the college football playoff rankings could look similar to come Tuesday night. So right now, Georgia has the longest odds to make the CFP minus 1,600. They are in our top spot. Alabama, the second best odds, minus 200. Oklahoma and Ohio State round out the four teams with minus money. OU, minus 182. Ohio State, minus 164. Then in plus money at number five, it's Cincy at plus 128. Michigan and Pittsburgh, the same odds at plus 420. But because Michigan is unbeaten, they move up in our rankings number six versus Pittsburgh at number seven. Oregon, the favorites to win the Pac-12, plus 730 to make the CFP the eighth best odds. The ninth best odds, Michigan State, plus 1220. They take on Michigan this upcoming weekend. Notre Dame and Iowa, the same odds at plus 1460. But Notre Dame, a little bit maybe of a better resume. Don't tell Kevin Walsh I said that. Plus four six plus fourteen sixty, they get the spot at number ten, Iowa eleven, and then rounding out the twelfth and final odds on the CFP market on FanDuel right now, Ole Miss nineteen to one plus nineteen hundred to make the college football playoff. So those are how the odds look. Twelve teams right now still left that you can bet on for the college football playoff market on the FanDuel sportsbook, and we rank those odds in order from best to worst. Georgia at the top. Ole Miss at the bottom. Joe, do you think those rankings might look something close to what we will see on Tuesday night? I think there's a possibility. And then obviously the, the number five team, Cincinnati, has a lot of pressure on them. Number two in the AP poll, they're 25 and a half point favorites on the road in Tulane. We saw them struggle with Navy as a, a 27 and a half, 28 point favorite last week. Actually, when Navy was in striking distance to potentially tie that ball game or win it in the last minute. So how much pressure is on Cincinnati for style points? ahead of these rankings on Tuesday night. I think that's why you're seeing the line move from 24 and a half to 25 and a half this past week uh, in terms of that mm -hmm. ball game. But I think the one team uh, that has house money per se in terms of great value to me it has to be Oregon. They face off against Colorado this week, 24 point favorites. As long as they win the Pac-12, I think they're going to have the inside edge and the argument over a potential Ohio State team that, let's say, runs the table in the Big Ten because of the head-to-head. -head. So we'll see how it plays out over the next few weeks. But those are the two teams that I think you really have to keep an eye out on when these rankings come out Tuesday uh, night at 7.30 uh, p.m. The Ducks, the eighth-best odds right now on FanDuel to make the college football playoff at plus 7.30. But to Joe's point... They are the favorites right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook at plus 110 to win the Pac-12 Conference Championship. Oregon can ill afford another loss, so you would have a one-loss Pac-12 champion with a stellar road victory over Ohio State in the non-conference portion of their slate. Plus 730 seems like a very big number on the Oregon Ducks right now. I also want to bring up Cincinnati because, Joe, like you mentioned, the Cinderella on the outside looking in. No group of five team has ever made the college football playoff. It will be intriguing to see where the committee ranks Cincinnati come Tuesday night. But right now with the fifth best odds to make the CFP on FanDuel, plus 128. I emphasize the plus because last week when we had this same discussion updating the live odds, since he was in minus money, 
at minus 102. They still had more juice to the no to miss the college football playoff, but they were at least in minus money. They won last week. It wasn't pretty against Navy. They did not cover, but they are still perfect, unbeaten, ranked second in the AP poll, and now you see them fall down the board a little bit at plus 128. Maybe that's because Ohio State looks so dominant. Maybe because it's Oklahoma still unbeaten in the Big 12. Or maybe it's Alabama. Because, Joe, that's where my eye goes next. Alabama is minus 200 to make the college football playoff. Alabama already has a loss this year. They have the second best odds to win the national championship at plus 250 behind Georgia. They have the second best odds to win the SEC championship at plus 110 behind Georgia. They have the second best odds to win the college football play or to make the college football playoff at minus 200 behind Georgia. Georgia is minus 1600. 16 to 1 to the yes. They will make the CFP. So with Alabama being the second longest odds to make the college football playoff at minus 200 right now, Joe, what does that tell me? Alabama is going to be the favorite in the SEC title game, potentially against Georgia, because I don't think, unless proven otherwise, Alabama with two losses this year, falling to Georgia in the SEC championship game, not being a conference champion, I don't see them putting in a two-loss Alabama. It wouldn't surprise me, given the CFP committee is crazy, but there would be no track record or precedent for that. So that says to me that based on these odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook in all the markets, the Natty, the SEC title, and to make the CFP, that Alabama is going to be favorite in that SEC title game against Georgia because that's their only path in. Yeah, that's a great point, Ben. And there's a lot of pressure on Alabama now. And let's not forget, they have one conference loss. They lost as an 18-and-a-half-point favorite to Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M. And even though, at least on paper, they look like the clear-cut favorite to win the SEC West, they still have three potential roadblocks, LSU, Arkansas, and a rivalry game against Auburn on the road. So assuming that they, let's just say, run the table, they'll be in the championship game. But... If they lose one of those games and Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin potentially run the table and win out, they will represent the SEC West in terms of that title game. So that's something to monitor as the month of November progresses. So let's keep an eye out. There is no margin of error for Alabama right now. There's pressure on this team for style points. Let's just get to the end of the tunnel. And I think that's why you're seeing them valued by FanDuel at minus 200. But if you want to take a flyer, you can bet Alabama and then take a potential flyer and Ole Miss at 19 to 1 to potentially steal it. Yeah, and Alabama being minus 200 again is an indication from FanDuel that they have to run the table. What does running the table mean for the tide to make the CFP? Beating Georgia in an SEC championship game. Beating Georgia, they would not be booked as an underdog at minus 200 to make the college football playoff. You also look at Oklahoma, minus 182. Pretty long odds right there. OU still the favorite to win the Big 12 at minus 200. Ohio State, minus 164 to make the college football playoff. Minus 250 to win the Big 10 Conference. The longest odds of any favorite right now in any conference in all of college football. Pittsburgh, Joe, also minus 140 in the odds-on favorite category to win the ACC. Pittsburgh tied for the sixth shortest odds right now at plus 420. Is there a path for Pitt to make the CFP? I can't see it. And that loss to Western Michigan as a 15-point favorite 
really hurts. I'm sorry. If you're a college football playoff appearance uh, uh, contender, it's one thing to lose to top-ranked Alabama like Ole Miss did as a 14.5-point underdog or like Ohio State did as a 14.5-point favorite to a 12th-ranked Oregon Duck team. But if you're playing in the ACC and you lose to a MAC opponent, I'm sorry, I cannot put you into the college football playoff, even though you might win your, your conference or and run the table with only one loss on your resume. I think it's a damning loss in terms of a college football playoff appearance. Might Pittsburgh win the ACC? The odds on favorites to do so, but it's going to be difficult to make the college football playoff with that loss to Western Michigan. Obviously, these rankings we laid out there might not look like what Tuesday night looks like in the initial CFP rankings. Michigan, Michigan State play each other and a ton of action this weekend across college football. A ton of conference action. The biggest conference games to know and the opportunities to get ahead of. That's on the other side of the break right here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM Channel 204. I am Ben Stevens alongside Joe Lisi for this second hour of TMA on a football Friday. And this is our college football hour. Looking forward to week number nine of the college football slate. The final weekend of October, which means one thing. Conference clashes across the entire country that are so good you are not leaving your couch for 13 hours tomorrow on a Saturday, watching all the college football your little heart could desire. And Joe, one of my favorites each and every year, a historic rivalry in the SEC, Georgia and Florida. It goes by many names, but one that we call it here on the morning after, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party between the Gators and the Bulldogs. And right now, Georgia, the number one team in the country, they take on each other on a neutral site in Jacksonville, Florida. The Dogs, a 14-and-a-half point favorite against Florida. The over-under total, 50-and-a-half. 14-and-a-half points, Joe, for UGA. Passed two touchdowns by the hook. Is that too many points in Georgia's favor? I think it is, especially with both teams having a week off in terms of preparation. Obviously, we saw Florida struggle as a 12-and-a-half point favorite on the road in Death Valley against LSU, lost that ball game outright 49-42. to But it was the athleticism and the passing attack of Anthony Richardson that allowed Florida to get back into that ball game. I think he could be a potential factor in terms of on the perimeter of Georgia's defense in this matchup. Let's not forget, Kyle Trask and that offense dominated Florida's defense it basically in the second quarter uh, throughout that ball game last year after falling behind 14 to nothing. I understand it's a different type of attack, more of a run-heavy type of offense under Dan Mullen in 2021. But with the extra week of preparation, with this being basically Florida's Super Bowl, again, uh, they might not win, but covering two touchdowns in a rivalry game, on a neutral field, I have to go with the rushing attack of Florida. Also like their team total in this ballgame, Ben, and like the Ooh. over 50 and a half. So Georgia wins 
Florida does cover the number, but I think they're able to move the football on the perimeter with both quarterbacks, Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson in this matchup. Joe Lisi, we have ourselves a showdown for the outdoor beverage convention taking place in Duval County tomorrow because if you like Florida's team total over, I like the Gators team total under. It has been my theory all year long, and I will ride with it despite a backdoor cover the last time this was put into action. Georgia's opponent's team total under. I always knew the cocktail party would be the biggest test for my theory. We will see if it lives or if we put it to bed after Saturday because of how dominant Georgia's defense has been all year long. The top scoring defense in the country, allowing their opponents to score less than six points per game on average. They are also the top total defense in the country, allowing their opponents to rack up less than 220 yards per game on average. The second best rushing defense in the country, allowing their opponents to rack up less than 70 yards on the ground per game on average. And I know Florida has the third best rushing offense in the country, the best rushing offense maybe along with Ole Miss that is not a service academy. And I know that Florida is averaging more than 30 points per game, but I still think you might be getting a number. It's not out yet, but if you do the math based on the line, the spread, and the total, that Florida's team total is probably going to be somewhere around 17 and a half or so for the cocktail party tomorrow afternoon in Jacksonville. I still lean under. If they score two touchdowns against Georgia, that's a very high testament to how good your offense can be. Kentucky did score two touchdowns against Georgia. The final one coming with seven seconds left in a game (laughs) that was decided by almost three scores. So a backdoor cover sometimes works against you. That's okay. We put the theory back into test tomorrow for Georgia and Florida in Jacksonville, where, Joe, they have played since 1933 on that neutral site all but two times in this meeting. You can call it whatever you want. The beverage convention, the cocktail party, a gathering of friends in the open air, sharing a couple of spritzers, whatever it might be. Florida, Georgia, tomorrow. It should be a ton of fun. The Dogs, the number one team in the country, laying 14 and a half points against the Gators. Another Great rivalry matchup in the Big Ten Conference in that noon Eastern window. Game day will be there. Big noon kickoff will be there. It's a top 10 tilt in East Lansing. The eighth-ranked Michigan State Spartans hosting the sixth-ranked Michigan Wolverines. Both teams, a perfect 7-0 straight up this year. Michigan, 6-1 against the spread. Michigan State, 5-1-1 against the number. Two of six teams left in college football with only one single loss against the spread. Right now, Michigan is the road favorite, laying three and a half points. Joe, I was going through this game, breaking it down from so many angles, trying to find an edge. These two teams hate each other. It is a bitter rivalry. But as the saying goes, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. These two teams, at least on paper, based on the metrics, pretty similar this year. They really are. And you go back to last year's ball game, 27-24. Michigan State won the ball game outright as a 25-and-a-half-point underdog in Ann Arbor. They are a confident group heading into this matchup. And even though Michigan has stepped up this year in terms of road environments, got a quality win a few weeks ago over Nebraska and Scott Frost, that line was basically two-and-a-half, fell right on the number 
32 to 29. I still favor Michigan State at home in this ballgame because of the quarterback position. When you break down the quarterbacks, the Michigan situation with Cade McNamara versus Peyton Thorne, I give the edge to Peyton Thorne. He's made bigger throws throughout the season. If both running games are non-existent or struggling early on, which team or which offense do you feel more confident in in terms of the passing game? I have to go with Peyton Thorne in that offense playing at home. And coupled with the fact that up until last year, you know, Michigan for, from 2017 through the last year was basically just a, a game over 500 on the road or on a neutral field site. This is by far their toughest road environment all season long over the past couple of seasons. Got to go with the home team plus the three and a half in this ball game, Ben. And that might be where you look, right? Because these two teams are so similar this year that they have these metrics that really even out when you try to find an edge. If the game is going to be close, and I know key numbers are not the same thing in college football as they are in the NFL, but if a game is going to be close between two top 10 opponents and it's at the home team's facility where you are getting the points and you're getting a good number past that key number of three with the hook at three and a half, Maybe that's where you go first and foremost from an edge, from a side perspective. Joe, I think you bring up a great point about Peyton Thorne, the second most efficient passer in the Big Ten this year. Cade McNamara is the ninth most efficient passer. So the edge at the quarterback position is for Sparty. That being said, MSU's pass defense is the worst in the Big Ten. Michigan wants to run the football. They run it at a very high clip. Will Michigan State say, hey, Cade, beat us tomorrow? Can he do that? against this Michigan State secondary. We await and see right there. We have the second best scoring offense in the Big Ten with Michigan averaging 37 points per game. Michigan State, the third best scoring offense in the Big Ten, averaging more than 34 points per game. The leading rusher in the Big Ten plays for Michigan State. His name, Kenneth Walker III. He has ran for 997 yards this year, the second leading rusher in all of college football. The second leading rusher in the Big Ten is Blake Corum. He plays for Michigan. All of these things, all of the similarities that add up for a rivalry trophy, the battle for Paul Bunyan tomorrow in East Lansing. A hard game to pick a side. I might try to play this from an in-game live scenario, Joe. You will be hosting in-game live starting at noon Eastern when this game kicks in East Lansing. I will pick it up with Joe Ranieri starting at 2 p.m. Eastern for the second half of this game between MSU and Michigan. Maybe we get a better feel live than where these things stand heading into kickoff tomorrow on Saturday in East Lansing. A top 10 tilt. Eighth-ranked Michigan State, sixth-ranked Michigan. By the way, Joe, both with just one loss against the spread, both covering by an average margin of 9.9 points per game. Very closely tied, these two in-state foes. Another Great conference game out on the West Coast. Late night tomorrow. Not so much late night, but in the evening portion here on the East Coast. UCLA and Utah in Salt Lake. Utah laying six and a half at home against the UCLA Bruins. Positioning and seizing the Pac-12 South Division on the line in Salt Lake tomorrow between the Utes and the Bruins. Again, Joe, Utah laying Six and a half. That over-under total up there around 55 and a half or so. How do you feel about this matchup in the Pac-12? Well, this line came out four and a half in favor of Utah. They immediately bet it up by two points because of the uncertainty of quarterback DTR. Dorian Thompson-Robinson that was hurt at the end of the game against Oregon. Backup Garbers came in 
through the critical interception. DTR was at practice Monday, Tuesday, did not throw. So if you're asking me, I, I don't know, you know, how uh, how he's going to be from a health aspect heading into this ball game. Even if he plays, Utah is a much better team at home than they are on the road. They failed to cover mm-hmm. and lost the ball game outright after building a 21-7 lead on Oregon State last week. Now they come back home. The physicality of the offense and defensive lines to me is the difference for Utah. I know it's a big number, six and a half, but I feel they're able to wear down UCLA, especially when you look at UCLA's performance. They expended a lot of energy in the second half to get back to Oregon. Couldn't pull that ball game out. Now they have to go on the road to Utah. I think that's a bad situation for Chip Kelly and the crew. Love Utah in this ballgame. One of my better bets for this coming weekend. The Utes plus 300 to win the Pac-12 right now. The second shortest odds only behind Oregon, who are the favorites to win the Pac-12 conference. UCLA still has a hope. 10 to 1, the fourth shortest odds. They would need to rattle off some division wins in the Pac-12 South, including an upset on the road against Utah. The Utes just 2 and 5 against the number this year. They have only covered as a favorite once. They are favored in this game against UCLA. No DTR, but UCLA loves to run the football. We'll see how that plays out Saturday night between Utah and UCLA. All right, on the other side of the break, we round out hour number two with the longest segment of our hour, talking some more college football. Lisey's leans in some of the biggest games of the weekend. That's next year on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Hour number two of our Football Friday rolls on right here. It's Ben Stevens and Joe Lisi talking some college football and entering week number nine of this season. Heavy, heavy conference slate where games mean that much more here in the final weekend of October. And in the SEC, Joe, where it always means more, there's a great game between teams that are finding their positioning in the rest of the West. The SEC West may be making a bid for a New Year's Six Bowl appearance, a top 20 matchup between Auburn, who is ranked 18th in the country, and Ole Miss, who is ranked number 10. It's in Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn, Alabama, and maybe because of that, Joe, Auburn, a two-and-a-half point favorite. The over-under total, 66-and-a-half. I won't lie to you, Joe Lisi. I never like to lie to you. I never have lied to you. I'm not exactly sure why Auburn is a favorite here. I did not expect that to be the case. So why do you think War Eagle is favored on Saturday? Well, from the series perspective, Ben, Auburn has won five straight over the Rebels by an average margin of victory of 12 points per game. Picked up this victory a couple of years ago, 35 to 28. So last year, very close game. A couple of years ago, they were 20 and a half point favorites over John Rice Plumley and the crew and only won that ball game 20 to 14. But this comes back to, to two factors. Can Matt Corral challenge that defense over the top? And can Auburn, with the physical offensive line, be able to run the football on the front? 
front seven of Ole Miss. We saw them contain LSU and Ty Davis-Price last week after the opening touchdown. They really made adjustments and shut down. Max Johnson made them one-dimensional. But I think this is a game where the schedule is caught up to Ole Miss. I understand they're a top-ranked team. I understand they have potentially the best quarterback in the SEC in this ballgame over Bo Nix. But when you look at the schedule, Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and now another physical road game uh, or a team in LSU, that's four straight games. And now you have to get on the road to face Auburn coming out of a bye week. I just think that's a bad matchup for Ole Miss in this ballgame. Like the physicality of Auburn in this ballgame, think it's a close ballgame maybe in the first half. In the second half, I give the edge to Bo Nix and that offense. So with Tank Bigsby, I think they win this ballgame by seven points or more. So I'm leaning and really like Auburn in this ballgame. I want to examine that total right there. 66 and a half for an over-under featuring a Lane Kiffin coached Ole Miss team. It is the lowest total for the running Rebs all year long. The last time they were booked with a total below 70 points was against Arkansas a couple of Saturdays back. And that game finished 52-51 in favor of the Rebs, going way over a 67-and-a-half pregame number for that total. But when it comes to Ole Miss, because the totals are often booked so high, the running Rebs have actually played four of their seven games to the under this year, two straight unders for Ole Miss. Why? Because Matt Corral has taken an absolute beating. He ran the ball 30 times in Neyland Stadium in Rocky Top against the Vols of Tennessee two Saturdays ago. Ole Miss won that game in a very chaotic environment, 31-26. to But Matt Corral clearly was not 100% healthy. He was not even 100% healthy and effective against LSU last Saturday. But it was a pretty easy game. And that total against the Tigers, Joe, got steamed all the way up to 78.5 last week against LSU prior to kick there in Oxford. It didn't even get close. The final score, the Rebs winning 31-17. to Now you see it all the way back down at 66.5. It would almost beg you to take an over for Ole Miss, but I'm not entirely sure how healthy Matt Corral is. So how many points can we expect to see for the running Rebs in Jordan-Hare on Saturday? A top 20 matchup where I think if you want to take the points with Ole Miss, I couldn't fault you. But Auburn has played some pretty good football, and being at home is huge. Both of these teams, Joe, fascinatingly enough, control their own destinies in a way in the SEC Conference. Alabama would have to lose again, but if Ole Miss wins outright, if uh, if Auburn runs the table and wins outright, then they will have a spot in the SEC title game. So control their own destiny, not the right word. But if Alabama loses, there is still a shot that either of these two teams can make it to the SEC championship game. A top 20 matchup should be a great one in Auburn. War Eagle and the Runner Rebs on Saturday. Another game, Joe, outside of the SEC into the ACC now. We mentioned Pitt earlier in the college football playoff odds that have been updated on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Plus 420 to make the CFP right now, tied for the sixth shortest odds to do so on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Pittsburgh is the odds-on favorite to win the ACC right now at minus 140. A huge win last week over Clemson following a huge coastal win two weeks ago against Virginia Tech. Back in the coastal division this Saturday for the Pitt Panthers, they host Miami. They lay nine and a half points. The over-under total, Joe, for this game, 61 and a half. Are we laying the points with the favorites to win the ACC, the Pittsburgh Panthers? 
Well, I can't, but th- this is a game if I had to be and had to pick this ball game, I would lean to Miami. Don't love the game by any stretch, but I would take the points. Now, this line opened up basically 10 and a half, 11, got up to 11 and a half, and they immediately bet it down under the key number in the middle of the week, Ben. And when you look at the series perspective, Miami has won three straight over the Panthers, got this victory last year by 12 points. That line opened up last year as a nine and a half point favorite with the Eric King and the crew. They bet it up to 12, 13 right before game time because Kenny Pickett did not play in that ball game in South Beach. Now Miami goes right. on the road, a gutty one point win over NC State. I like Miami here. Don't love the game, but I would take the points. Here's what I like as well, though. Keep an eye out for Miami running back Knighton. He had a big game against NC State, utilized in the in the screen game, utilized in the short intermediate passing game. And when you look at Will Shipley's performance, dropped a big ball over the middle of the field against Pittsburgh last week, potentially could have put Clemson up by 14 in that ball game. I like Knighton's total in terms of rushing, receiving, if they have it up on FanDuel. So lean to Miami in this ballgame with the points, but keep an eye out for Miami running back Knighton in terms of his rushing, receiving in this ballgame. A big nine-and-a-half point spread in Pitt's favor at home, but Pittsburgh this year, six and one against the number, covering by an average margin of 11.9 points per game. That is the highest margin covering a number in the country tied with Georgia, who is also covering by an average margin of 11.9 points per game. Also keep an eye on Kenny Pickett. He now has the fourth shortest odds to win the Heisman Trophy on FanDuel at 10 to one. Bryce Young, the favorite at plus 150. Matt Corral and CJ Stroud, the third shortest odds tied for that number at plus 350. Then there's Kenny Pickett at 10 to one to win the Heisman Trophy. Kenny Pickett getting a lot of steam, not only in the Heisman Trophy market, but also as we look forward to the 2022 NFL Draft as well. So Pittsburgh and Miami, a big game for Pitt. Now minus 140 to win the ACC title. They need to keep it rolling there in the Atlantic Coast Conference. A team that plays in the ACC will play a team that was an ACC member a year ago, Joe Lisi. It's North Carolina in Notre Dame in South Bend on Saturday night. The Tar Heels, the underdog, the Fighting Irish, the favorites, laying three and a half points at home. But you're not even looking at the points, Joe Lisi. You're just looking at an outright winner. And are we smelling an upset under touchdown Jesus' watch on Saturday night? I think we are. I really like North Carolina in this ballgame. Fast forward or go back to last year. This was a five and a half point spread with Notre Dame on the road in Chapel Hill. 14 point first quarter uh, score. And then in the second half, Kyron Williams and the offensive line wore down North Carolina at the point of attack. North Carolina coming out of a bye week. Last game they played was 45-42 over Van Dyke and Miami. But you give Sam Howell an extra week of prep going up against the secondary minus Kyle Hamilton. I think that's the matchup that you have to keep an eye out on if you're back in Notre Dame here is that the secondary, the leader of that defense is not there going up against a sophisticated passing attack in North Carolina. That's the matchup. North Carolina has pounded the rock in their last couple of games against Florida State and Miami over 200. On the flip side, Notre Dame has allowed two teams to rush for over 100 in back-to-back weeks. Vatek and USC, even though they won those ball games, if North Carolina has success running the football early and often, that'll open up play action over the top of that secondary. And that's why I like North Carolina plus the three and a half 
and on the money line outright. I, this is my best bet for this coming weekend. What did you call it, Joe Lisi? A what number lock? What are we talking about this one? Oh, this is the five-star. You're going to get the rest of the Woo! season free, Ben. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't sell picks, but I really like this matchup. I mean, this is, to me, the matchup that you look for from a football perspective. The line was five, five and a half with Notre Dame on the road last year with that dominant team. Now they're back home. They only have one loss, and the spread's only three and a half, and we know about the mm. inconsistency in North Carolina this year. But you have to take into account better quarterback with Sam Howell, Coming off the week of preparation, minus the best defensive player for Notre Dame, that's why I like North Carolina in this ballgame. That's a huge point as well. No Kyle Hamilton will be one of the best defensive players entering the NFL draft a year from now, so it will be interesting to see how Sam Howell and that North Carolina passing attack attack Notre Dame on Saturday night in South Bend. Joe, I can't believe we haven't really broken down this game yet really throughout the majority of the week here on the morning after. I have asked you your thoughts about it briefly, but I want to hear your actual takeaways for Wisconsin and Iowa on Saturday afternoon in Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin. The Badgers, the home team, laying three and a half points against Iowa, who is still ranked number nine in the country. So Wisconsin, the favorite by three and a half points. The main focus for everybody in college football in over under total of 36 and a half five of seven of iowa's games this year have hit the under four of seven for wisconsin's games this year have hit the under but under 36 and a half joe lisi could it possibly be it can because let's look at the numbers the last six games against iowa and wisconsin you want to know what the average is 36.6 ben so there was one Ooh. outlier where Wisconsin won 38-14 to 14 a couple of years ago. But outside of that, it's right on the number. Now, you look at this ballgame last year, Iowa picked up a 28-7 to 7 victory. Again, we have to monitor the quarterbacks. Which quarterback do you have more confidence in, Petrus or Graham Mertz? Graham Mertz has burned me multiple times this year. Give me the more physical team in Iowa with the rushing attack of Tyler Goodson. I like Iowa as a three-and-a-half-point dog this weekend. I mean, when you look at it, Iowa right now getting three-and-a-half points on the road. I know it's Camp Randall. I know Wisconsin won and covered last week as an unranked favorite against a ranked foe. That is the same spot for Wisconsin this week, except instead of being on the road in West Lafayette against Purdue, they're home against the Hawkeyes. I was still ranked ninth in the country. I know it was an absolute dud against Purdue. I know that Iowa's offense is stagnant and stale. And I know Wisconsin has the best rushing defense in the country. But if you're going to slow down Tyler Goodson and Spencer Petrus again, this game is going to be hard fought. What Graham Mertz has not done great this year, he has turned the ball over a ton. Iowa is maybe the most opportunistic defense in the country. If they can turn the ball over, they might have a chance of pulling the upset based on the spread on the road against the Wisconsin Badgers on Saturday. But just marvel in the total before you play any bets tomorrow. 36 and a half for a college football game between Iowa and Wisconsin. A great weekend, weekend number nine, and getting you set for the weekend, the Jack Weinberger Cap of the Weekend. The Jack Cap of the Weekend focusing on the Pac-12. Hear what Jack has to say up next on The Grid.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our second hour together on this football Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM Channel 204. For this entire second hour, I have been joined by Joe Lisi, and my name is Ben Stevens. But Joe, we take a step back here, and we hear from the wisest college football handicapper of us all. It is Jack Weinberger, our associate producer on TMA, a former intern here, a part of the morning after family. And each and every Friday, to round out our college football hour, he gives you the Jack Cap of the Week, or at least he texts it to me, and then I read it live on air. So here it is. Jack is focusing on the game between Utah and UCLA. And here's his breakdown. Here is his handicap. Earlier this week on Tuesday night, he was out with a couple of friends having dinner at Kentucky Fried Chicken, otherwise known as KFC. Jack loves the crispy kernel combo. He got that, had a great time, was in a great mood. He was thinking to himself, you got to look at Kentucky and Mississippi State this weekend, right? The Cats only laying a point and a half on the road in Stark Vegas. And then Jack embodied Lee Corso, and he said, not so fast, my friends. Because he looked up where KFC opened its first and original location. Not in the state of Kentucky. In Salt Lake City, Utah. So then Jack thought to himself, after all of that, after how much he enjoyed the crispy kernel combo in KFC with its first location in Salt Lake, the Utes against UCLA. Take Utah, lay the six and a half. That's the Jack Weinberger cap of the weekend. Joe Lisi, I know you agree with the thought process there. Oh, love it. That's an even better. That's a double down now that Jack is on Utah because of KFC. I love the cap and the and the angle. I, I think that's that's Jack's probably most solid cap angle since yeah. he picked Notre Dame, I think, over Wisconsin, if I believe. Yeah. Oh, Jack is five and three this year. He's done well in three of those five wins. Moneyline underdog outright winners. Joe Lisi, you can catch him Saturday morning setting you up for CFB week number nine on college football today at 9 a.m. Eastern right here on the grid. Joe, thank you so much. Have a great weekend, my friend. Anytime, Ben. Love the show. And Joe, we love having you on this show. Hour number three, happy hour of the morning after. On the other side of the break, stay with us right here on the grid.